Hi guys, this is Danny, and this is Black Chick Lit. Clearly, we are doing something a little different this this episode. Um, we are still in our maternity hiatus. However, I thought this would be a cool opportunity to share with you the special Black Chick Lit episode of the Ice Planet podcast. If you were not aware, I started a short, sort of a, um, a limited series called the Ice Planet podcast, where I read all of Ruby Dixon's Ice Planet Barbarian series and discuss them with a the guest. This is the secret series that Molly has hinted to, hinted at um, in a few episodes of Black Chicklet. Now, if you are not familiar with the series, that's okay. We go over a lot of the details in this episode. In short, it is a romance series where women um, are find, wake up and find themselves on an ice planet where they sort of have a faded mate situation and find their true love in these big blue alien dudes. So I have done episodes with different podcasters and different reviewers. In this episode, I invited Molly to come and read the very first book of the series that I had read. I read them out of order. You'll hear it on the episode. But um, I thought this would be a cool opportunity, since we are sort of on this hiatus, to share this with you. You all will get it a little earlier than the actual podcast, so that's cool. You're also getting some extra episode content that I will edit out of the actual Ice Planet podcast episode, just because it's a little redundant in terms of what we're talking about. So you're getting an extra special treat this week. And in the meantime, we're going to keep working behind the scenes to get things going and get new episodes aired and recorded. So I'm really excited to share this with you. Um, please let me know if you have any questions or if you have any comments. If you're interested in hearing more, you can find the Ice Planet podcast on Twitter at Ice Planet Pod. There you will find links to subscribe on all the podcatchers. So yeah, feel free to check that out. So let's get into it. The special early airing of the Ice Planet Podcast, episode six. Thanks, guys. Bye. My intro is not as well finalized as my black chiclet one. Okay. That one came organically, so I'll I'm just, just gonna be quiet me. until you introduce me, and I'm gonna be trying very hard not to giggle. Oh, please giggle! I think do. I think it adds to the ridiculousness. Okay, so here we go. Hi everyone, this is the Ice Planet Podcast. This is a podcast where I read every single one of Ruby Dixon's Ice Planet Barbarians books and then talk about it with a friend or fellow romance reader. This episode. We have a very familiar, or maybe maybe it's not familiar, maybe people don't know. I have a familiar podcasting partner, Molly. Hi. From the, hey, hey. From the Black Chick Lit Podcast, which if you don't know, it's another podcast I, co I host or work co-host because Molly's my full-time, she's the full-time partner on Black Chick Lit. Yeah. We don't switch out like I'm doing on this one. Yeah. Hi, Molly. Hi, Danny. <laughs> I am very happy. I'm very you excited. <laughs> I'm very happy you agreed to join me on this because you can kind of hear in real time on the Black Chick Lit podcast my initial <laughs> discovery and consumption of these books. You, you can. Because <laughs> I think I mentioned it in one of our What Are We Reading segments. You did. And then I, ha I had to know more and that you sent me <laughs> pictures of the covers and it just... From there went on. Exactly. And this is... And now this podcast is being made. So... <laughs> So 
Where can people, or I guess, I don't want to, but like we do the Black Chicklet podcast. Mm-hmm. Tell people, you want to tell people a little bit about what that's about? Yeah. So um, Danny and I have hosted Black Chicklet for the past three and a half, almost four years. Um, and initially, um, so we know each other from college. Um, we lived in the same dorm um, and we both uh We just had so many things in common that after (laughs) we moved on, we like stayed in touch and, you know, have been in each other's lives. You were at my wedding last year. Um, So sweet. I cried. (laughs) (laughs) And um, uh, one of the things that we always bonded over were, uh, well, two of the things were books and being like completely belligerent about race (laughs) and racism. (laughs) And so we always kind of knew, like, we both love podcasts, and we knew kind of we wanted to do something together, and you came up with the idea of a book podcast, um, where we focused on books that are written by, about, and for Black women. And um, people always say to me, like, how do you find enough books? (laughs) That's that's why we're doing it. That's why we're doing it. Um, So we... um, uh, you know, we'll read a book and we'll talk about it. We also do some bonus episodes where we get really off topic. Um, <laughs> we, in almost every review we've ever had, they say we drink too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just been so much fun to work on this project with Danielle. So when she said that she was doing, um, <laughs> you know, this spinoff for this ice, you know, this book about these, like, these aliens would be fucking. I'm sorry. Can I curse on here? We curse. Yes, okay. okay. I mean, I don't know how you can't get through this and not just use some explicit language. Yes. Thank you. Um, black chocolate. We curse a lot. So I apologize. That's not quite the tone for you guys. I'll try to keep it down, but you know, um, I gotta be me and I gotta say what's in my heart. So when Danielle asked me to do this podcast with her, I was like, really touched that she would think to include me and just really excited because I've been hearing her talk about these books for a minute and I knew I wanted to <laughs> to see what was going on. And I just needed to like hear Molly's reaction because she has surprised me with some of her reactions to books. So I think my favorite moment from our previous podcast is when you admitted to really enjoying this could be us, but you play it. Like, <laughs> that's one of our episodes we did on an urban lit title. And you can hear me react in real time to finding out Molly's Just the, Yeah, when I said so, I bought the second book in the series, like, the disappointment in Daniel's voice, I could feel it, like, coming through the internet at me. I was just concerned about, like, your money, your money situation, because those books weren't cheap. And you know, I think all together it was like twenty dollars. I made foolish money decisions before, <laughs> and I was just mad like they're not even giving you a complete story. Like for twenty dollars, I better get a beginning, middle, oh, and end. It was not twenty dollars. I think it was, <laughs> was six dollars. Like thirteen? Yeah. I bought the I bought the first one for ninety nine cents. <laughs> the second okay. one for for six dollars. <laughs> I, I, I think the- I'm good. Okay, I thought the third one was like 13 bucks. I didn't like buy the, the third one. The chart of the prices of these books, is- it's like a straight line up. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's sort of how I discovered it. Molly was there through my initial discovery <laughs> and my, I don't know what feelings to, to ascribe to how what started out as an irony reading eventually turned into me doing it like earnestly. 
but I think you were there for part of it. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, Molly, I have to get you. So I invited Molly to come and read Barbarian's Mate, which is the sixth book in the series. Um, And I invited her to read this one because this was the first one in the series I ever read. I read them out of order. Okay. And I just thought it'd be fun to have you mimic that experience. (laughs) Okay. Because I think these books, I will give them this. She does a good job at like briefly explaining what the hell is going on. So even if you're sort of thrown in, there might be some initial confusions, but you catch up pretty well on like the basics. The pieces. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she threw you in. So this book is book six. It is Josie and I'm going to mispronounce his name every which way in this book. I think it's Hayden. I may possibly call him Hayden. I'm not entirely sure which one it is. I haven't listened to the audio in a while. I did this read um, on the book. So this is Josie and Hayden's book. Okay. And it occurs, we have just finished Tiffany's book. So Josie is our last single lady. Okay. It, yeah. And she's not happy about it. Ooh. Josie so <laughs> The previous book, the main character is like, he's looking at her and he's like, that one does not hide her feelings. It's plain for all to see. And I was like, sir, you come from a race of people who are thirsty AF. Give her a little slack. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> so... I would like to get your initial thoughts, Molly, on the Ice Planet world. As a newbie, is this your first sci-fi romance title? Um, Because I'm not sure. You've done your own. Like, you've gone off. I was so proud. You've gone off and read other titles that I didn't know about. I did read one um, sci-fi romance book that now I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) It was like something where there was like a big forest field and it was keeping people on two sides of a mountain. But then like... The guy sneaks through and then they, they like, fuck. <laughs> Too much more about it than that. It was sometime last year. So I guess it's my second one. Now, are you are you categorizing this as romance or erotica? Because it's absolutely my first sci-fi erotica. I would classify it as romance, honestly. Okay. Because... Even as, I just think it's a very explicit romance. Okay. I think even with all the sex, there's still an emphasis on like telling the emotional story. Okay. Whereas there are other stories I've read that are erotica where it's like, no, we're just here for the, we're just here for the sex. Okay, that's And so fair. those, um, yeah, the emotional journey or the emotional side of the story does not get as much emphasis. Okay. So I think it's a very explicit <laughs> romance, like on a steam level, but I don't think it's full on erotica. Okay. All right. Did you think you think I gave you this alien romat erotica to read? Yeah. Roma. I almost said romatica. I like which that. Which I think, which I think is it. I think that's what we're gonna do. I like that. The new genre, alien <laughs> romatica. <laughs> um. So yeah, it was definitely. Um, I mean, you had prepped me a lot, <laughs> but still, I was not prepared. <laughs> Cause yeah, it, it, Ruby Dixon's not here to play. You're here to get the entire, and I think part of it for me, we haven't discussed this much in the other episodes Mm -hmm. is the language. Okay. Like they are very upfront. She's like very like, it's not coy. The language isn't coy. We use words like cunt and cock. Yeah. Oh (laughs) my God. What's his name talks about his cock so much. It's like, (laughs) he can't go two sentences. Like he's walking down the street. And he's like, my cock fell out of my britches or whatever. <laughs> it's like, and um, okay, so me and Danielle are black. And I don't know about 
like other black people, but I feel like cock is not a word that we use very frequently. I would think like I usually I tend to say dick I say dick. Term. Like dick yeah. <laughs> dick to me feels it feels friendly, you know? Dick is like Dick is like they come over, you're gonna cook together, you might watch Downton Abbey, and then you'll sleep together like on the boring episodes after what's her name dies. Cock is like just bam. It's out there. It's in your face. It is is larger in charge. And I just felt like that was like just a cultural thing where I was like, wow, these aliens be fucking. Exactly. And I think that's where, and like, also, like, I don't get the use of the word cunt either, but like, that is the only word. Well, she that, teaches, yeah. she, she teaches, we'll get into it. She teaches the younger one, the word vagina, but like, yeah. well, no other point. No, <laughs> at one point she says pussy and Hayden is like, cause I listened to the audiobook. He's like, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So the language, I think that like, just, she just, she's not using euphemisms. No. She's like, this is what it is. No. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. And she's also very descriptive about like what's happening, even when they're not together, what's happening yeah. on there. Like Josie will always be like, my pussy's so warm or whatever she, or right. so wet or whatever she says. It's like, you're sitting by the fire eating dinner, Josie. Like, Yeah, like wrapped in <laughs> fur and some leather, like, I don't know, tunic or something. It's like, you might get a little hot, girl. <laughs> so it's very explicit. But, I mean, hey, that's what we're here for, I guess. <laughs> so what did you think of, I would like your insight as a sci-fi reader. Molly on our podcast is the sci-fi expert. <laughs> and so I asked her, like, anytime I read a sci-fi, I'm like, is this crappy? What is your opinion on the world building of what you got? Because you did read the book out of order, yeah. sort of. Uh, and you came in sort of late. But, like, <laughs> what did you think? Yeah, I, I did have, like, a lot of questions, like, Chief amongst them was like how all these ladies got into space. <laughs> they were abducted. Okay, so they were on Earth and they were abducted. Mm-hmm. I thought that they were just like a team of like sexy lady astronauts <laughs> who crashed <laughs> or got like you know taken over by another ship or something. Like that was my honest feeling about what had happened in this book. But if they were all like abducted, that I guess makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, so we learned, the first book is like really action and kind of dark, but we find out all these women were abducted by these aliens and like this intergalactic, like human trafficking operation. And so they take over the ship and they beat the bad aliens and they crash land on this planet where they discover the blue aliens. Okay, and and so my understanding is that the blue aliens are also not native to this planet. Right. (laughs) Because they all have something this like... (laughs) animorph slug in their chest that makes them horny yes so they have a cooey is that how you say it it. because they say it five different ways in the audiobook I was about to say I say it five different ways I was editing some of the other episodes and I think I call it quee at some points I refuse to say cootie because I I hate that all the women say cootie and I don't like it I just I, I can't get with that so they call it the the quee or the cootie, they get that because it helps them breathe the toxic atmosphere. Yes. Okay. So you're right. They need that to survive. And apparently every living creature on the planet has one. So all, like even the Yeti monsters. Have- yes. Even the Yeti so, monsters. Okay. So, okay. So this, the, the, the cooey, he wants them to, to mate. To- it's like a side effect, I would say. 
Oh, okay. I see. I thought he wanted them to mate to reproduce so his like brothers could have more people to live on. <laughs> Ooh. See, now I had not considered. <laughs> but you what? You're right. The perpetuation of other species encourages the perpetuation of its own species. Right. Because I'm I'm honestly trying to understand why this cooey wants them to, to sleep together so much. <laughs> like, what's in it for you, guy? Because, like, I get, like, as part of it, like, it helps you stay alive, and then long-term, it helps with the pr- propagation of the species by encouraging people to mate and then have sex. Because we learned the men cannot reproduce. They shoot blanks unless they're resonating. Oh, okay. So, oh, okay. So, unless they're shaken, they're not fertile. Right. Okay. So, that's the, why... I, I don't know how the women work. Yeah. Okay. So, are there lady aliens here? There's a couple, but okay. the, so we learned the, I feel like I may include all this. I feel like I set you up. <laughs> I did not properly prepare you plot wise, but this is good. Cause this is actually really entertaining by not preparing you with the full, <laughs> the, the I full promise universe. once I have these questions, we can get to the plot. <laughs> the full, no. And I feel like I should have set her up. So we learned that they're the aliens on this planet and there was like a sickness and it really impacted their population. And so I think by the time these women show up, there are four women one of them is too young. One of them is already mated. Two of them, I think, are already mated. And one is older. She can't, she can no longer have kids. Okay. So, so there's like, there are, there are women, there aren't a lot of them, or they are not, they are not um, suitable mates. Okay. So when these women land on this planet and they're like 12 of them, the men get super hyped because, because if they resonate, you have to resonate to have a baby in this universe because basically we learn the men shoot blanks until they resonate. Okay. And then when they resonate, they're ejaculate. It's like, she'll describe it. It's like thicker or something. Ooh. It gets descriptive. She, she put some biology Ouch. into this. Mari. So, okay. so you okay. need the residents to be able to have a baby. And so we know these guys just really want to have families. Okay. I, I think I got it. <laughs> I think my head is sufficiently wrapped around it. I think you're the first person I've spoken with who is completely new to this whole, oh, yeah. yeah. I think most other people they had heard of it and they'd read a few. Yeah, no, but this I like is the first one. I'm going in totally blank. I was gonna say I dropped you in cold, just <laughs> tossed you in, drop kick you into this universe. So, so yeah, so that's what's happening. And then I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Were there all the questions? Was there another question I can answer? Re, I think the Kui or I think those are the big questions that I had. <laughs> Yeah, I do like your theory of this manipulative, like, worm. It's like, hey. Oh, it's, it's a all... worm? That's how I picture it, like a glowing, long glowing yeah. worm. Have you seen um, Futurama? I've seen a couple episodes. Which one are you talking about? They have, like, kind of a green goo thing that sits on your head. <laughs> and it, like, takes over your brain. And I honestly just thought about that the whole time. <laughs> We had in another episode because we got into a deep because like resonance is described as being like, I don't not violent, but being so like active that one, her like she just got her own boob shaking. Yeah, and I want to get back to that. And then other people can hear it. So I'm like, is there a worm just like screaming in your rib cage? Because like, that's horrifying. I mean, as someone who is currently pregnant and has you know something kicking me in the ribs <laughs> and like moving so much you can see it from the outside it ain't sexy 
And then, like, imagine it's if it was screaming. Imagine and if, it was, if he was screaming too. <laughs> so the cooey yeah. part, whenever they get their cooies, those always get a little body horror for me. And I think she does a good job, but they're always like, you know what? I can't with this this worm. So, all right. So let's get into it. So okay. this again, we said this is book about Josie and Hayden. They had been introduced in other books. Okay. Josie is um she's really tiny. I don't know why that's one of the that that'll become important later actually. So hold on to that fact. Yeah, I think I know why they made her tiny. <laughs> she's very tiny. She had a rough childhood. Um and she's she really wants a family. So we know in the other books she like like I said that one guy is just like looking at her like she's very obvious. <laughs> Um, and then we have Hayden, who in every book leading up to this one, everyone is just like, yeah, there's Hayden. He's the asshole. <laughs> like, people will actively run up and they'll be like, like, like someone I think doesn't sit, like someone like escapes or runs away. And someone makes a joke that like, well, she probably just didn't want to be in the same room as Hayden. <laughs> so, <Rude>. yes, <laughs> very rude. He is kind of a dick. I will say that. Um, he is. Yeah. But we learn more about his backstory. So they, he and Josie had had sort of had this tension in the previous books where they don't like each other. Um, And so it kind of comes to a head here. So when it starts, they're all celebrating Tiffany's residence. So Tiffany was the heroine of the previous book. Okay. Tiffany, who seems like everybody loves her and is like the world's greatest. Am I reading that right? Pretty much in the previous book, like, and you know what? This is some real shade against Josie. In the previous book, um, people like the single men were like literally competing in games to, <laughs> for the opportunity to take Tiffany to like to visit a cave or something. Like they were like actively going against it. All these men were like vying for her suit and all this stuff. And I don't know. Josie's sitting here and she's just by herself. No one gives a fuck. So yeah. So she and Tiffany were the only single woman left. Tiffany, okay. I read, but she's the one black character. Tiffany so, is? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. interesting. And I just wanted to let you know that because I feel like it's important. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Like, it's like, you know, you go somewhere and as we've learned in some of our other discussions about other romances, you say, are any black people going to be there? And then you say, yes, my friend who I play basketball with. <laughs> exactly. You know, just just to give just them a heads normal, up. normal Afro-American conversationalism. Exactly. So Josie's sitting there feeling kind of on her lonesome. Um, and she's getting painted by Farley, who is um, a young, sort of like a young teen. Okay. So I like this part. So she's sitting there feeling bad for herself. She's the only single lady. Apparently no one gives a fuck. Like I said, people were fist, fist fighting for <laughs> Tiffany, but no one gives a fuck about Josie. And she stands up and I think it's literally like clink. Yeah. Her IUD falls out. I, I want to... I want to talk about this. Go right ahead. First of all, did she have pants on? She did have pants. They like slid down the leg of her leather leggings. How which, much do you gotta not be able to feel your IUD fall out until it's on the floor? Like, <laughs> you know, like, I feel like, I feel like you notice it coming down your leg even. Right, before it even got out the seam of your pants, you're saying, like, what is that? Does she have super duper hearing, but, like, super numb <laughs> legs? Like, what's going on? Like, It she, is cold. It, it can't be that cold, girl. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, what is that? Oh, shit, it's my IUD. The fuck? <laughs> if, she'd been, 
And she had been waiting for this because she knows that her fertility is tied to her resonating. So she can't have a baby. She can't resonate. So she knows this IUD is what's keeping her from resonating. And she just really wants to resonate. Yeah. She, she for real, for real wants a baby. Like (laughs) yesterday. Yes. She, but when that thing falls out and she picks it up and I just like picture her like hugging it to her chest, like celebrating. Thank you, Cooey. It's the, it's the start of a book. Let me tell you. It it is. It is a bang of a way to start a a book. (laughs) It's just like, what? <laughs> and then after that, her titties start jiggling. <laughs> That's how she knows, right? I don't think we're there yet because what she does is like, she's super hyped. She can resonate. So she basically uh-huh. just starts like walking around the camp, pointing her boobs at all the single men, trying to see who she'll react to. And like, that is not an exaggeration. She starts asking people, she's like asking for every single man and then she'll just stand near them. Yeah, waiting to see if she resonates <laughs> and when she doesn't she's like oh shoot which I mean yeah. you know what she knows what she wants and she's going out to get it and make it yeah. happen she wants that she wants that uh, blue dick <laughs> can I ask you something what do these aliens look like okay so this is a thing so they are very tall I would think so here I'm going to say this before I give you this description sometimes I forget what they look like and I, I think it makes it work a little bit better yeah okay. <laughs> they are Seven feet tall. Okay. Very broad shouldered. Okay. Uh, low, you know, fat ratio. Okay. Um, they have blue skin that varies in shades. So you know, sort of know how there's a variety of human shades of brown. Mm-hmm. It seems there are different human shades of blue. Okay. They all have thick, dark black hair that they wear different ways. Okay. They have horns. I have talked about it with other pod, with the other, on the other episodes. And I think we've sort of come to the conclusion that the horns are sort of like it's like another thing that varies just from person to person. Okay. Some, I think, kind of go out and up. Some maybe curl like a ram's horn. Okay. <laughs> we think it depends on who you are. Um, they have like this ridge protective plating like over there. This fort. is where you start to lose me. <laughs> I'm not even done yet. What does it say about me that I said that after the horn part? After the horn. Well, I mean, like, I feel like horns are a pretty easy that's easy. That's, it's just okay, like, yeah. It's like, additional... okay, you got big head. Yeah. Weird hairstyle. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And then the plating comes and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> They've got this bridge plating that covers like their chest okay. and like basically wherever their vulnerable organs are, it covers that. And then like their forehead. Oh, and it also, okay. I learned this upon a reread. It covers their dick, which I was surprised to learn about. Wait. Yeah. Because I was like, I guess. They also have tails. I forget okay. about that sometimes. The tails. So like there are a couple book, a couple episodes of the preceding books where like the women will like hold them. And it's like, it seems to be the equivalent of a handy. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. Because like this one That's girl, she's turn. not. Yeah. <laughs> There's one woman, she's like not paying attention and she's like nervous. So she puts her hand behind his back and then she's like, her hand's just going further. And she like just pats his tail like not thinking and he's like he's like not here (laughs) it's legitimately so funny he's like not now not here not in front of the other okay because josie is holding a lot of tail in this book now and i guess it depends on how up the tail is like down by like the i don't even know how to refer to this tail like i don't know the proper language for talking about a tail. i think the closer to the pelvic to the spine Uh the more intimate it is the closer to like the butt Yes. <laughs> Which, you know what? That makes sense. 
the more intimate it is. And then um, their dicks have a spur, which I'm sure you've oh, discovered. I, I don't remember that from this. <laughs> it's like a little, I don't even know how to describe it, like a uh, appendage above the dick. That apparently is like human thumb sized and like it's supposed to like stimulate the clitoris basically. And that's where I lost Molly. That's where <laughs> I, I just I realized like I just lean forward in my seat. Just, just, hmm. Yeah. So when you said, can I curse? Oh, yeah, that will not even be. I see. I see. Yeah. This is the kind of podcast you're running over here. <laughs> It's a very big uh, mood uh, mood whiplash from uh, Black Chicklet. That's true. We don't true. get this explicit over there. That's true. I mean, is it though? I don't know. I guess we did talk about uh, nacho, nacho cheese, cheese on a guy's dick. <laughs> and like on how that's the, un- yeah. Yeah. That was a hallmark episode. Scene. Yeah. Nothing in this book was more off-putting than that. So. I don't think it's hard. Well, I don't think it's hard to beat addicted because that was just... That, I just that think was about a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's so no, lot. there's no nacho cheese on dicks in the series. Just think of the birds. Oh my god. And this is kind of, I guess, you know, they're out in the snow. So, <laughs> so, so that's what they look like. I think okay. that's everything. Okay. Okay. So he is um, the brooding Heathcliff with a tragic backstory yes with a tragic backstory okay where do you want to go from here this is your I'm a, I'm a guest here you're like I'm just here for the ride <laughs> so she's walked around the camp pointing her boobs at everyone trying to see who reacts she's disappointed it's not Hassan. she's she finds Tasha and it's not him and then I don't know if if she like she doesn't go looking for him I think Hayden just walks up and boom she resonates and yeah. she is not so happy about it all over the place that's how, that's how I knew my husband was, um, <laughs> you for me too. <laughs> so she's not happy about it. He doesn't seem all that ecstatic about it either. So they go to talk, they go out to talk and she's basically like, I'm just going to ignore it. <laughs> He's like, okay, we'll see how long that works. <laughs> because what they say, like the residence basically just makes you like really horny. Yeah. Like but what happened? Horny. Yes. And what happens is when it doesn't get its way, it also starts to make you sick. Yeah. Like, so she like, people lose weight. She she's take, she takes to the bed at one point. Well, she's just like in a heap on the floor, like in a closet <laughs> at one point. She is, because she can't go back to her room because because t- she and Tiffany were rooming together oh, it's as they were in the single ladies room. But then oh. Tiffany resonated. Which is why I'm like, you know what? That's still the single lady's room. And Josie is still the single lady. Really, they so need to Josie, go get yeah. Yeah, yeah, they Tiffany. need to get a new cave. Exactly. <laughs> Josie's out here sleeping with the, the dog in the <laughs> dog's room. Uh, um, what have the reactions been to the, the Kui and residents so far? Because I had some thoughts about so, it. So, because, so one thing I like about the book is that the resonance sometimes happens at different times. And it plays a different role. This is the first of the ones I think we've read so far where it's sort of like this fuck or die scenario. Okay. So in the first one, like she resonate, they resonated. She doesn't know what it means. He's like, well, she's new here. I'll take it slow. And she doesn't have a cooey. So they, he takes it slow and he waits for her to like feel the same way. Okay. Um, and another, and a couple of the other ones, they develop the feelings and the emotion first. 
and then resonance comes later and they're like we resonated and it's really like celebratory um in one of the books the woman actually thought she was permanently infertile because she had had um an illness when she was a child so she's like i will never resonate so that's sort of the plot device that's the conflict in that one she doesn't want to get too close because she's like well there's a very good chance he could resonate and then i'll be left alone so yeah so the book sort of handles it different ways this is the first one where it's two unwilling people um who don't want to resonate but there have been histories so like there's another character we learned his parents were actually that kind of like situation where they resonated his mom wasn't down she's like i'm not doing this but they still had the baby but then they split up afterwards interesting because apparently the saying is resonance cannot be denied interesting because it definitely puts a weird spin on it right (laughs) yes like i know that i had heard like the books are very sex positive and very like um can sit positive and like all that from mm-hmm. you as you were reading <laughs> and then when I read this I was like whoa I don't know for a long time it felt real icky because mm-hmm. she's like super like she's not just into it like she would rather die at some point <laughs> than be with me <laughs> and so, yeah. he's just kind of like well they said that we're resonating so I gotta fuck you <laughs> and it's like it seems like it's so weird because it seems like at first he was kind of like um uh well I just uh like he does a 180 like he didn't like her didn't like her didn't like her then his cooey starts shaking and um then he's like okay we gotta fuck but I guess like they had he had picked up on it a little bit before mm-hmm. um and he had been trying to deny it but it's so it's I don't know, it just, it kind of towed that line for me. It's like, it's definitely interesting to think about, like, you know, desire being something that's literally alien to you that you can't control. Um, But then it gets into, like, these weird questions, like, okay, if, you know, the Kui wasn't there, would she have ever gotten with Hayden? Um, Which is, yeah, valid. Yeah, and then how much of it is her... Um, you know, realizing that this is someone that she could love versus her just like literally not wanting to die on this ice <laughs> I will say, I think there's also like the reluctance is like sort of, they sort of imply there's like this cultural thing. Like in the first few books, there's like, well, that's not how, al- that's not how humans pick their mates. Cause the aliens are, they're raised to believe all oh, when resonance happens, you can't fight residents. So yeah. You, you're you're mated now where the humans are more like well no that's not how we do things so there is this back and i think hayden's willingness to just go along with it is because that's just how it is on the ice planet right you resonate to someone that's who you're assigned go have a baby right because it brings mm-hmm. up questions about um i guess some of the women other women you've talked about and then uh hayden's ex which i don't know if you want to talk about that now i could bring this we can back. I think so because so they're both sort of upset about being resonated to each other Mm -hmm. and I think Hayden's whole deal is because he has like this tragic backstory where he had resonated before and he had resonated to a woman who was much older than him which just sounds all kind of awkward um, who already had like a lover and she was like look at this scrawny teenager I'm not about to deal with this so she rejected him and he never got to fulfill resonance with her because the sickness came, it killed his kui, killed her, killed her lover, killed her lover. So he never got to um, 
he never got to fulfill that situation. So he has yeah. this like tragic past. He's also sort of afraid by how fragile the humans seem to be. Because again, Josie is the size of Polly Pocket. <laughs> and when she found her, she had like a broken leg. So he's also afraid about like her dying and being lost to him. Right. Because he says so, like, how horrible yeah, it let's, is. So his tragic backstory, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like it kind of sucks. It's 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 interesting because like his ex is definitely painted as kind of a villain, right? But then it's I don't like, think so. I kind of thought so, and then it's like you put yourself in her shoes, and it's like you're this like mature <laughs> lady who has a lover whose life is going just fine, and then all of a sudden you're resonating with this young dude that you're not, you have no interest in, and then it's kind of like okay, it's the are you like somehow to blame then for what's happened to him, even though you had no real say in wanting to be with him? Like you explicitly say, Hey dude, I don't want to sleep with you. Now, did she have to rub it all in his face? No. Like she <laughs> no. <laughs> did she have to sleep with him just because like the cooey is shaken? I, I don't know. It felt just kind of like, again, I, I, I don't know. I thought it was presented as like a sucky situation for him. Uh-huh. Like she wasn't actually a villain. Like it was a sucky situation for him, but like, that's what it is. It was, a, he wasn't really, Oh, well, I mean not owed, but like it was a sucky situation, but she's not a terrible person because she doesn't want to sleep with this teenager who like, you know, when she's got a mature lover of her own. Right. And then and you're right. She didn't like, have to, she ain't gotta be petty about it. She didn't hostile, have to be petty. Hostile <laughs> petty. I mean, she could have taken two guys. Like, why not? was a teenager like get out of here not a teenager whatever he was probably like the equivalent of 21 can you imagine you're like 45 years old and then this this creature in your chest is like see that 20 year old you gotta sleep with them no comment on that (laughs) that was an inappropriate question to introduce i'll take i take it back (laughs) but like i'm not gonna answer that on air (laughs) <laughs> but, but I like I just I just I get it like you're grown because I think he says he's like he, she was around his mother's age yeah you're grown you got your love life established and then like this this cootie's like telling you go sleep with that dude be like no yeah it does deal we've dealt with other like non-agreeing resonances in the other book and so he does he he, he did in the other the other one she kidnaps her so that's a bad oh, no <laughs> so um, yeah so then it was like so that I, I had questions about and then the whole and maybe maybe I I just was inferring this like the whole thing like they are resonating because that's the person who you're going to have the healthiest baby with. I think that's the logic. It like makes the best pair. Yeah. So then it's kind of interesting too. It's like if you let's say her IUD didn't magically fall out <laughs> or you are infertile or you just don't want kids are you just kind of like an outcast in this world then? They do sort of set up like, it's not all about your fertility. Everyone is a member of the tribe. Um, So like she would just, they could just be mates, not resonance mates. But he's like, well, if you want to be with me and I want to be with you, we don't need resonance. We could just be together and enjoy being together. Um, And then what about like same sex relationships? Oh, no, it's not here. So (laughs) yeah. So... I mean, those are my that, those are my thoughts on like residents of the Kui. It's like, yes, I can see that it's sex positive, but it did seem yeah. a little bit more narrow in scope than I had initially thought it was going to be. Yeah, no, it's all about because it's all about having a baby, so it's all very heterosexual. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. 
So did I oversell it to you? No, no. It was just those <laughs> questions that I had. Like you said, like I, li- I really like science fiction and all that. And like those are the questions I started asking. Like, okay, if this is it, who doesn't fit inside this like mm-hmm. society's construction and what happens to them? Mm-hmm, but yeah. I think the focus of this, like you said, is the, what do you call it? Ro... Romerotica? Romerotica. <laughs> it's the Romerotica. Like, I, I think that she does a good job at world building, but it, it just raised a lot of questions for me. Like, okay, this is cool for Josie and Hayden, I guess, but, like, what if this, what if that, what if that, so... Because it's like, imagine you land on fuck planet right <laughs> and you can't get into that big blue dick because <laughs> you know you don't want kids or you're pre- like you know lots of people enjoy dick not right. just young fertile women <laughs> so, so that would yeah. be the ultimate irony you know yeah yeah well and they also i will say they are pretty free about like casual sex too like not okay. all not all sex is just for residents because like there's this oh, okay. there's this one character named Asha who was for the longest like the only sexual single woman. So she t- they talk about how she would just like be with every rich guy and no one no one judged her. She's like she was just having a good time. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. why not? She can't get pregnant. Yeah, I think it's pretty like forward thinking in terms of like sex within relationships, sex with like you know however many partners you want, okay. consent. Um, it does the plot does some wonky things with consent but I think for the most part it's all about like consent it is a little bit more restrictive in terms of like gender and like what if you don't want kids yeah. but the cooey's got a mission and it's gotta <laughs> it's gotta make some babies <laughs> so the next day they're all supposed to go join the main tribe because they had split up in one of the earlier books and now because everyone's knocked up and like it's about to be even colder they're like, we're going to all come together and join in the main tribe. So they like start to prepare to go out for that. Josie is trying really hard to keep resonance from everybody else. Keep it a secret. I don't know how the hell she thinks this is going to work. And it doesn't. Like the secret's out within five minutes. Like immediately. <laughs> she walks like, out of the cave. They're like, damn girl. <laughs> Your boobs are really jiggling. <laughs> Because, like, she basically, she's like, stay away from me. So he goes to get her some snowshoes, but, like, he senses that he doesn't want it here. So he sort of, like, throws the snowshoes down and then walks away. Yeah, she's like, oh, he was waiting here to put my shoes on. Yeah. Like, womp womp. <laughs> and so, but then later, while they're walking, he gets too close and her boobs start jiggling. And everybody knows. Yeah. And I think Tiffany is sort of like... It's either Tiffany or it's Harlow. At some point, someone's like, oh, no. And Hayden's feelings get hurt. He's like, am I that awful? Hayden, Hayden is definitely a sad boy. Like, he, I see him pushing everyone away, but then you, like, get his chapters and he's like, nobody likes me. It's like, yeah, because you're kind of a dick guy. (laughs) He's such a, I don't know. I think he's a little toned down in this book because in the other books, in the other books, he's like, I don't want to be around these women. I want to be left alone. Like in one part, he's like, he they go to like the big spaceship and the spaceship keeps talking. And he's like, I wish the ship would fucking shut up. And it's like, dude. Oh, really? Like, <laughs> the fuck down, Hayden. Okay, is Hayden a little dumb? Like, is he a little dumber than the other males? I don't, I don't think he's 
dumber. I do think like all of the male, like because they're sheltered and they're on this ice planet where they're like literally in the stone age. Okay. There are just some things they're just not, they don't know and aren't. Why? What prompts this question? Because I feel like there was an instance where you must have been an idiot. You're like, get it together, Hayden. No, I just, I, I feel like he just, he's like, he's just so surprised that people don't like him. <laughs> I, mean, I guess like, I do that too. It's like I push people away and then I'm like, why am I still single? <laughs> oh, <laughs> What do you mean? I I don't go on or I swipe left or whatever way you go on every Tinder app. It's like, why am I so alone? It's like, oh. well, bitch, look at your behavior. <laughs> figure it out. You're a coolie. like, figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want a coolie? Uh, I go back and forth. Because I think, like, it is, I think the appeal of the fantasy of this book is like, there is a little worm that's looking out for you and it's going to find the best one and it's going to be right. And because of that cooey, he's also going to realize that you're the best one for him and like they'll be instinctually like drawn to take care of you and all that. Sometimes that sounds really suffocating too. It's like, I don't know if I want all yeah. that. But I think like the appeal of like a guaranteed soulmate, I can see the, I can see the appeal of that. That's a fair question. Would you? Or a fair response. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really don't know. I don't know. Like, if it was a Josie Hayden situation, I'd probably have to say no. <laughs> like, I don't want this. Yeah. But then, because... they, the cooey picked good, because I guess, like, I, so is sex on your resonating? Like, is it way better? Or are these just, like, really sexy aliens? <laughs> <laughs> the book says, and, like, that the, the sex between residence mates is supposed to be even better than, like, just like regular sex. Okay, okay, because that could, that could, yeah, that, that makes, Is that a deal? Know. Does that have to be under consideration? It, yeah. it absolutely has to be under consideration. <laughs> so like, okay, I okay, get okay it, let's get but... back to the plot. <laughs> no, I like the, I don't mind the, yeah, we got to stick to it, but I don't mind these side chats that okay. are entertaining. So they go to the, the, um, this cave, the elder cave. No, wait, I'm jumping ahead. They go to the main cave, and I like how Hayden goes, immediately to the chief and he's like i've made it now i get a i get my own place to live i'm not living with these single bros she hasn't accepted it that has not stopped him like i'm gonna get this cave that was kind of funny he immediately goes there he's like well gonna need one of these new caves can't be associated with you bro hoes no more he immediately like he dumps them so he gets her like this nice cave and I think it's just kind of funny because like Josie comes in, she's like, they said this was my room. And he's like, yeah, it's your room with, with me. me. <laughs> and she's like, please don't do this shit. <laughs> and he's like, and he's also a little offended. He's like, do you think I would have like jump on you in the middle of your sleep? Like, just go to sleep, Josie. Yeah. And so she does. And the next day, Josie gets it in her head. She's going to get her entire cooey removed. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which I feel like she needs to live, but okay. Well, I guess she's thinking like, well, I can get a new one because uh, she learns about like the disease and she's like, oh, well, Hayden survived because his cooey died and they just gave him a new cooey. And then it's like, again, going to the sci-fi element, it's like, but if this thing is picking your best genetic date, <laughs> you get a new cooey, you're going to resonate with Hayden again. We didn't say she thought it out. We, she just... She made a decision. She was going for I just like how she jumps from like, I'm going to ignore this situation to I'm just going to completely rip this bitch out of my chest. Well, like, she's yeah. like, this is what we're going to do. Because, uh, and at first, 
Hayden's like, no, he won't take her. And like, no one will take her. So she, I think we skip a few months in the book. Yeah. Like, I think it's implied that there are a few weeks where she's just like, I'm just going to ignore it. And she gets sicker and Hayden feels sad because she's watching, he's watching her sort of languish away. I will say, I felt kind of bad for him. It must really suck to like, you get your Kui selected mate and that other person is like, I would literally rather just fade away and die than be with you. Because so, he's like, we get in his head. He's like, his feelings are legit hurt. His which feelings is kind are of legitimately hurt. And again, you say sheltered. I say he's a little bit dumb. He's just kind of like, what, what do I do? But like being nicer like, never, never occurs to him. Maybe, it out. maybe don't throw shoes to be fair she's not exactly nice to him either that's true like, like, she don't like him because like at one point she's like we're, we're, she's recalling something that happened earlier in the book and Hayden gets full on shot and she like laughs about oh yeah that did happen <laughs> I was like Josie damn you cold because he keeps saying how like wonderful and sweet and nice she is but like this is the first time i've seen her and like she just she just really do not like this dude yeah so so she's languishing and languishing and he's like break down he's like fine if this is what you want i will walk with you to the elder cave where they have like a surgery machine that can take the cooey out and we'll get you a new one he's 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 thinking it probably won't work yeah. Like he's like you, Molly. He's like, this probably he's won't like, work, okay, but if this, this is, what, is what we gotta do. This is like my husband taking me to Ikea to get some bookshelves <laughs> that we know aren't gonna fit in the house. It's like, you have to come to your own decision on this, but yes, I will drive you down to the yes. Ikea. Yes, if this is part of the journey you need to take to accept this, I will. we will do this. So they walk. They walk to the Elder Cave, which is again, just a giant spaceship. And apparently where Harlow and Rook are living now, which I don't get why everyone's not living on that spaceship. That spaceship has showers and hot water. Oh, so the Elder Cave was a spaceship. Yeah, it's a giant. So it's the giant spaceship that brought the original, like the presumption is it crashed. They got stranded and that's the spaceship they were on. The aliens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Their original ancestors. Okay. Yeah. So she goes there. She's like, Harlow. Please help me get this worm out my chest. And I think maybe it is Harlow's the one who's like, oh, you resonated to him? Oh, I'm so sorry. She's like, Josie, no. (laughs) And it's just another, like, dumping on Hayden. And Um, he's, like, right there. He's in the room. And it kind of sucks for him. Like, he is a dick, but, like, maybe he's a dick because everyone's a dick to him. They constantly make jokes about how no one wants to hang out with him. I mean, I get it. There's only 12 people in this tribe and they decided he's the one they they don't like. (laughs) So, so she can't. So eventually we learn that the machine is broken and Harlow just does not have time to fix it, which I don't know. She's got a baby. She's like, I'm busy. I can't, I can't (laughs) indulge you on this. (laughs) I'm living on a spaceship with this other alien. We, we've got things to do. So her man's kind of old, right? Her man is a feral guy. Like it's in her book, she gets quote unquote, like snatched by this guy because they resonate. He doesn't know what resonates is what resonance is, but he knows he's drawn to her. So he like kind of takes her away and 
she doesn't go back. It's really convoluted. She doesn't go back because she thinks she'll be blamed for like the death of Hayden. She doesn't realize Hayden survived getting shot. So she's like, <laughs> well, I mean, like if it was just Hayden though, she could have gone back and <laughs> recovered from that. They'd probably be like, eh. Hey. They'd probably be like, ah, oh, that sucks. Yes. Okay, get so some she- of that tea. Okay. It's a so that's that whole backstory. Well, why I ask is because remember when I said I thought Hayden was a little dumb? Yes. This guy seems smarter than Hayden. <laughs> well, because he's like, I don't think, like, Rook is not here for indulging Josie's scheme. He's like, bitch, that's not going to work. <laughs> right? And then even when, like, Josie's, like, running around, she's all upset, and Hayden's kind of like, I don't know what's going on. Like, this guy, Rook, he kind of just raises an eyebrow, like, real bitch. <laughs> So it's like, how does, how does the hermit guy have better social skills than Like, how does he know better what's going on in this situation? To be fair, like, his brain's a little clouded. He's got, like, got this bug buzzing in his chest. He's probably He's super thinking horny. about hunting constantly. <laughs> what his pack is doing every two seconds. He's probably super horny. Like, he's, yeah. So... Just they show up furiously. <laughs> a lot. Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. Don't say the word blisters. <laughs> uh, so they show, they pop up. Harlow and Rook are like, yeah, that's not going to work. And this is probably one of the most awkward. We've read some awkward sex scenes. I believe A Chance at Love had like a hilariously <laughs> awkward sex scene where like, they uh, have sex for two, <laughs> two seconds, then he jumps up and runs to the other side of the room. Like, he runs and babe? <laughs> but this scene, I think, is probably worse. So, like, Josie and Hayden, they run to this spaceship hoping to use a surgery machine. Harlow's like, it's broken and I'm too busy to fix it. Sorry, babe. And so Josie sort of talks to herself. She's like, look, Hayden sucks, but you want a baby and this will get you a baby and it'll get you the family you want. So she's sort of like... She kind of sucks it up and she like sort of makes a resolution to just like sort of give in to residence and have sex with Hayden to fulfill residence and have this baby. So we have like. I mean, it's, it's a really harrowing scene like that really made me sad followed by a scene that like was very, very funny to me. So it's kind of like emotional <laughs> whiplash. Because <laughs> she's talking about like the abuse that she suffered as a kid. And I think she says like something like. It, it sucks to be a body that, you know, someone just masturbates to. And I've been that body. And it's like really like upsetting yeah. to hear like the things that she went through. Uh, the emotions kinda, are. Sorry yeah. to, to interrupt. Go ahead. No, 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 no. It, like you said, the emotions, like she's really not into it. And he's like, sit, they're sitting there together. And he's kind of, uh, she started touching his tail. I can't remember exactly the mechanics of what happened. Think, I think she going back to the emotion part we learn about like her her background like that's why she's really gung-ho about a family and that's why she's really against Hayden because she thinks Hayden hates her and she's like I can't tie myself up to a man who hates me yeah she she can't bring a child into a family where like that child's gonna experience the things that she did like uh yeah people who don't love the baby people People who who fight people who fight people who might touch the baby like with anything but love, I think she says. Yeah. But um, she resolves herself to go. She's like, well, maybe I'll get a kiss, blah, blah, blah. And so she walks in and she's sort of like, well, let's do this. Hayden again is like, well, that's not exactly how I wanted you to come to me, but like, I guess I'll take it. 
Um, and so he starts by trying to touch her first, I think. Mm-hmm. He doesn't kiss her. And this is the thing. She, these aliens, so this is the thing I got to tell you about. These aliens don't know what kissing is. It's not a thing they do. Yeah. Anytime in any like of yeah, anytime in any of these books where someone's getting kissed, it's like, because it's a scene that kind of comes up. It's the humans teaching them how to kiss. Okay. So I'm like, you're really setting this guy up to fail if yeah. you expect him to kiss you. And you know he doesn't know what a kiss is. <laughs> like, how is he supposed to do that, Josie? Yeah. And then and maybe you it's come- like communication because she can't really quite say what she wants yet. Right. So, and I think maybe like, even if you do decide to like give in, that doesn't mean you have to jump straight to like doing the deed. You can be like, look, eventually we're going to do this. But right now, can we just like spend a day can not arguing? Yeah. Yeah. No one, Josie, you didn't have to shrug straight for the dick. Like you could have. Yeah. But I mean, take... like, it's so like, she's so defeated because it's been months and months of her body, like literally yeah. failing. That's true. Because too. she won't fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, true. Okay. Like I have to do it. So it's, it, it's not a sexy scene. And then he like Mm-mm. comes in his loincloth. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. Immediately. Which like that wasn't, that's not the funny scene to me. I'll talk about what was funny because like that, I, I thought that that was interesting too. Like his position is he is like a virgin because he hasn't ever um, done anything with anybody. And it's like, he has like all these anxieties about like, can he really please his mate? Like, everyone's always telling him that he sucks <laughs> this is his chance to have sex and he's afraid that he's gonna suck and then he like you know gets so excited that he's not having to masturbate again <laughs> then he comes and he has like all this shame and all this like anxiety about like not being able to perform so i thought that that was interesting also um, I was trying to see what actually like caused it because it's something pretty innocent, and he like it's like he like, sees her earlobe or something. It's like really well. It's like so. Here's the quote. It's like I squeeze her breast and she leans against my chest, her hand going to my face to caress it. And the next line is literally, and I erupt in my pants. The breath hisses from my body as the force of the orgasm overtakes me. I stiffen. Stars dancing before my eyes. And so, like, that's what hell of an orgasm. It really is, and he must play it off very well because she has no idea. She this has happened. no clue. And then he, <laughs> he kind of just... like, you know, scuttles away. They're sitting on this shelf, and he's like, "Oh, I want talking more." And then she gets very offended. Oh yeah, because he's so embarrassed, he like pulls away, and he gets kind of gruff with her. And he's like, "Stop talking," blah blah, because he's worried about her finding out what he did. Right. And so this is, I think I know what part makes you help me. I know what part you're, you're laughing at. So after like, so he pushes her away because he's so embarrassed. She gets up and she's like, you know what? I thought I could do this, but I can't. Fuck you, dude. And bye. So she storms out of the room. And the thing is, this is a spaceship and the doors are automatic. So Josie. You know me too well. <laughs> Josie knows what button to open the door to get out. But Hayden. Aiden's never seen a button before in his life. So he's sitting there. Well, his pants are wet. His pants are wet. He decides to take a nap. (laughs) And then I just, this is probably my favorite scene. He wakes up and he can't find the door. And he's just like banging on the door and yelling, like, what happened? Let me out. He's going to come all over his pants. And it's just like, oh. From the description, I don't even think he's banging on the right part of the door. He could just be no, hitting a wall. He's on the other side of the wall or something. 
because Rook comes by. Rook who's probably just walking through the hallway. Here's this begging. He opens the door and he's like, "What the fuck?" Like, he's like, "We thought you left." Here. <laughs> I just, it's just like I, I don't know. I guess when I read, I'm a very visual person. It just imagine you like begging on the door, like let me out, let me out. I it just. It cracked me up. And I, it's it's genuinely hilarious. And like, first of all, Ruth, Josie had to have known that would happen too. I mean, did she? He's so dumb. <laughs> he saw her press the button. <laughs> and I bet, like, I feel like the audio, this is probably even funnier than reading it because Mason Lloyd's narration is pretty good. Yeah. And he, he's just funny. So he, so he has this slap fight with a wall and eventually I think Harlow and Rook come on and they like let him out and they're yeah. surprised to see him there because Josie booked it. Josie, thank God. <laughs> this is, I'm noticing this woman, like she will make a plan and not really think it through not because where is she going? Go. <laughs> and I think that's the extent of her plan. She's like, just leave. Just leave. So she goes out onto this ice planet and she's just walking. I think her destination is she had spotted a mountain. I think she said she wanted to see the ocean. That's it. Yes. She's going to go to the beach, which not a bad plan. Let me tell you the beach on this planet. Not that bad. It's actually really nice. I don't know why they don't live there. So, cause that's where, um, Harlow and Rook lived. Okay. They had like a nice beach home. Like all the book talks about like all this seafood they eat. She has like uh, baskets she weave from like the grasses. I'm like, that sounds legitimately nice. There? <laughs> so, it seems like they like living in the caves. They do. And it's like. It sounds musty to me. <laughs> it sounds musty. You can probably hear everything. Yeah. Day or night. Yeah. Every poop. Every <laughs> explosive <Hump>. orgasm. <laughs> just like everything the children crying like i'd be like you know what i need some space and yeah, if you've got like fires in there Ooh. and they're burning poop yeah and i think the bathtub is like located centrally like that's where everyone bathes. Oh, yeah he does be- say that because she points out that like she's seen him naked before yeah <laughs> because everyone just there's no privacy there's only like 30 of you you're all up in everyone's business Ooh. everyone Everything everyone Everything. knows about it's it. It's just all hanging out, <laughs> jiggling. So yeah, I don't know. I would just be like, go on a beach or go on the cave. Like Carlo and Rook probably have it, have the right of it. Right, they live on that ship. They live on that ship with amenities. She does go off. There is this quote from Hayden that is it's a popular highlight. I don't know how you feel about those. Sometimes I, I appreciate. <laughs> Because sometimes I think, like, I want to be able to decide on my own. Sometimes yeah. I'll highlight things just because it's the popular highlight. Uh, I don't need this peer pressure. But um, so Josie is left and Hayden has easily caught up with her because he's more suited to the environment. But he decides just to, like, trail her and make uh, sure she's safe from behind. He doesn't go and approach her. And he has this quote where it's like, just once I wish she would look back. I wish she would see me waiting on the horizon for her, waiting to take care of her, to comfort her, to be her man and her mate and whatever else she needs. But she never turns. Like, yeah. it's really sad, actually. 
that made me giggle a little bit because I'm just imagining her like trekking through the snow and like every once in a while you see like someone like peek up over the horizon and it's just Aiden like looking like hey Josie oh like that vine where the video keeps moving and the cat gets closer and closer and closer he's like hey Josie you want, you want some cup no no okay I'll just nope, stay back fine. here uh, okay all right Josie's going off, but she's making it work. I will say this. Like, I would have been frozen first day. Yeah. Yeah, she really does. She, like, finds some uh, hunter's cave. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's getting, like, dung to burn. (laughs) She's starting fires. She's starting fires. I think she says, like, day one, that's what all the aliens taught the humans. It's like, look, you gotta, this is a basic survival. You gotta learn how to make a fire. (laughs) So she's making it work. She finds a place to sleep. She's doing great. And in fact, in fact, she's doing great. It's Hayden's ass who ends up needing a rescue. <laughs> right. He gets attacked by some uh, adolescent yetis. The Metlex. And like, I go back and forth. I picture like, they apparently have beaks, which makes oh. it even more horrifying. Like their, their snouts are beaked, which is just worse. I picture the Abominable Snowman from Monsters, Inc., but evil. I was picturing um, like the... Yeti monster from like the old uh, claymation Christmas movies, but skinny, <laughs> or raggedy. Ooh, that's yeah. They are filthy. The aliens will not shut up about how <laughs> filthy and disgusting these aliens, these Yeti people are. So I'm trying to remember what even happens. Like he's following her. Well, yeah, she has that spyglass. And she's like she looking. That? She gets it from um, the spaceship because it's it's that girl Harlow who lives on the spaceship, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh, look at this! It's like a spyglass." And so she takes it. You just lifted stuff. <laughs> she's like, "Yoink!" And then, <laughs> um, so she's kind of looking, and she sees something in the water, which I'm not sure what that was. But then she sees like all these kind of birds like going all around and she's like oh what's up with these big ass birds and then that's when she turns and she sees on the horizon hated fighting the yeti men <laughs> and i'm like how did you even come across them bro like she got through that region just fine just fine unbothered you are for some reason are now being jumped by a gang of teenage yetis i'm telling you he does. he's like <laughs> You're really, like, not having it for him and his uh, skills of observation. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, so this is my funny scene, because I think it's kind of funny. He's fighting them all off. Mm -hmm. And, and, like, Josie's, like, step back. Josie discovers more women in, like, some tubes. And she's like, well, shit, I can't keep going because I've got to go let the others know that these women need help. Yeah, she found, I guess, this ship that they crashed in. I I don't ever know if it's ever explained who whose ship that is i think it is because she kind of starts having flashbacks to like some bad aliens who did stuff to her in that spaceship yeah but that wasn't they had their or maybe maybe it is the original spaceship i think it maybe is it because is. she's yeah. like someone will be mad i guess the girl who crashes crashed the ship will be heartbroken to know that she left women out there that's yes you're right thank you for jogging my memory I just, Molly, well, you've, girl, you've been reading a lot of these. <laughs> I've read one. But yeah, so that's why she's like, well, I can't keep pushing forward because I've got to go back and tell the others these women are here. Right. And that's when she comes back. And she, can you imagine just turning around and seeing <laughs> a giant blue alien? <laughs> <laughs> a 
a giant blue alien like fisticuffing with some <laughs> teenage yetis. And so she kind of really saves him. She sets fire to like a log and she like hurls it at them. Yeah. And that's what chases them off. Or maybe some of her furs because I think she says she doesn't have a log and that's how she burns the shit out of her Oh, that's right. She burnt. She something is set on fire. Yeah, I may not know the specific item. And she's like running toward him, like screaming. <laughs> it's so funny because he's like that. Really turned me on later. <laughs> the whole image in my head, for some reason, I think it's supposed to be action, and but it just kind of cracks me up. It like this tiny woman up. screaming with a blanket that's on fire. <laughs> yeah. So she chases them off and he's like why did you do that and she's like i don't know and then he's like wow like so touched by (laughs) well she expects him to be really mad Uh because like she put herself in danger and hayden's really bad like don't be doing that dumb shit humans can't y'all can't survive out here but instead he like comes up and he hugs her because he's so relieved yeah and that's where she's like sort of taken aback and surprised by it yeah so they decide because her hands are like burnt to bits and they've had a hard time that they're going to like camp out for somewhere. And this is where like the actual communicating they should have done from the get go sort of happens. Right. This is where it takes a sexy turn. It really does. Um, before that though, they get the cave. He like spits some plant on her hands, which I, I did not enjoy that description. I mean, that was the only way he could have wished it up. Like, he, he loves her so much, I guess, that he's like, I got to do this now. And I'm going to, because like, his mouth is now numb. I don't know. He yeah. squishes it. So he squishes it on their hand and sort of, they sort of like have this like truce. Yeah. He's making her tea. He builds her a fire. Um, and she's kind of, I, I think this is where he asks her to explain her backstory. And she's kind of like, it's hard. He's like, well, so was my backstory but i said it and yeah i told you like oh okay i have to be like start communicating with this guy because he's literally the only <laughs> person around the only one who can help me and so they have this talk about like her experience and um so heaving bosoms did i'm doing this because i want to credit them for saying it and i'm going to say the exact same thing but they said it first and i want to acknowledge that heaving bosoms did an episode on this book and they talk about how sort of Josie has that moment where she's talking about bad sex and like they make it clear that what she's talking about is not bad sex as much as it is abuse and rape. Yeah. So it's not like she had like boyfriends who just, you know, weren't good or like were boring or anything. She was, you know, a victim in some situations. So it's good to acknowledge that. I think it's good to acknowledge it. And maybe that says, I don't know if that's like on the author on Josie as a character, because if she really if this is what she's thinking like sex and relationships are like, then she might not be able to differentiate that. Like she might think like in her mind, like this is how people have always treated me. And this is how like these things go. And I, I say that because of that's that situation she had earlier with Hayden where it's like, okay, well I guess that this is just what it's going to be like for me. And she can't quite conceptualize yet having something better or living a life that's better for herself because even in all of her fantasies about her perfect family it's always like her and a child it's like not her a child and a partner so I think that she's still having trouble like putting visualizing herself in a situation where she actually is 
loved and cared for. I think that's a really good observation because I didn't think about the fact that she is really just focused on the baby. Mm-hmm. Like when she's walking around, when they're walking to the cave and she's like hanging out with Kira, she just wants to hold the baby and she's always interested in everyone's baby. So she's there for the baby. She's not focusing too much on the partner aspect. Right. Because she, she's not visualizing herself in a healthy relationship. And so they talk and that's where Hayden admits that he doesn't hate her. Right. But he does. She's like, you're always calling me a weak human and blah, blah, blah. He's like, you are a weak human. <laughs> I was like, that's fair. Because I get the sense <laughs> that he's kind of like, he's kind of like a big dude, even for these aliens. They're, they're very tall and very broad. Like, But he's like, he's like out here fighting yetis, hunting, you know, angry masturbating. Like I get the sense that like, <laughs> even out of the dudes, like he's like a doodly dude. Yeah, and they're all pretty. Yeah. I think Vectal might be the biggest one, but they're all giant seven foot aliens. And then we have Josie, who we are constantly told is like five nothing. (laughs) So I'm like, how does, how is this lining up? Well, that's why that cover, the book cover looks like that. (laughs) It's straight to the point. Exactly. Well, that's as high as she goes. She's not kneeling or anything. That's just as tall as she is. Oh, that's just as tall as she is. So that's where they have their understanding. She wakes up and they go to sleep and they wake up and everyone is like very, it actually, I'm like flipping through. They hang out a lot longer before they get to like the sexy times. Like I'm trying to like get to it, but they're like just kind of hanging out, which you know what they need. She, so she wakes up, her leg is over him and her pants are off and she's like, (laughs) ah, (laughs) and then he goes, he does like some more things for her, but it doesn't really start to pick up until she's like, can you give me a bath? Yeah. And he's like freaking the fuck out over this. Like this is his ultimate fantasy. Oh yes. Because um, I was going to say he finds out that she only head back to save the girls. She didn't know he was in trouble and his feelings get hurt. Again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, at one point, like she decides she wants a bath and the bath is funny because his little reaction happens, I think, again? Yeah. Or does he just talk about it? <laughs> because he's he's washing he's her down. He's like, though. yeah, he's nervous. Oh, so it doesn't happen yet, but he re- the reason he's like kind of restrained while bathing her, she's like noticing like, like, you're kind of like distant and stiff and like take your clothes off and stuff. And he's like, and he's talking about like how he's nervous and he's like, he doesn't want what happened in the ship to happen again. And this is where she learns that he sort of like jumped the gun. Right. And that's why he pushed her away. Right. And I and, think it sort of helps soften her feelings. Toward yeah. Him. And I think he's like, well, you're hurt. Like you're, your hands, <laughs> your hands like, totally got caught on fire. Right now. So he's kind of like, he doesn't want to hurt her or push her away. So he's kind of like restraining himself, which again was was interesting because it's like they start off like hating each other so much i feel like my issues with like okay all of a sudden they want to sleep together would have been even more compounded if they didn't maybe take it a little bit slower and get to know each Mm -hmm. other first yeah i think it's good i'm not i'm not saying that's a negative i've just forgot about there's a lot of talking i forgot about and like the (laughs) treating of our hands with that mushy plant And so, like, yeah, so he's bathing her, and she basically just starts teasing him. And I'm like, oh, this guy has gone through so much. She's, like, dancing around and stuff. (laughs) She's like, get my back, Hayden. And he's, like, he's, like, on the edge of losing it. Because he's, like, (laughs) he's never seen any titties before, like, in a sexual manner, outside of, like, the group bath. He's, like, 
you know, uh, they're so soft and I'm so hard. He's, he's freaking out. But he, above all else, Hayden is like, I'm going to look after my mate. So he's like, she asked for a bath. I'm going to give her a bath. <laughs> I'm going to yes. make sure she's clean. He's like, I got to focus on this. I, gotta, I but got it- one job, Hayden. <laughs> at one point, though, he does. He's like, and I think he does He does eventually go down on her. And he's like, tell me not to. And yeah, she very she pointedly won't. does it. And then he sort of like flips her over and like goes down on her. A thing about these books, these aliens love cunnilingus. Like they love to perform it. And they love to talk about it. And sometimes slightly off-putting ways. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He was he was eating it like pie. <laughs> like we have Thanksgiving, just like <laughs> straight to it. And like I feel like there's a fine line before like between like showing appreciation and just and making just uncomfortable. I don't like it. the word I don't like the word juice. I don't like the word honey. I don't mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I need it, but you know what? I, I appreciate the enthusiasm, I guess. But like, he was into it. Like, <laughs> you did it with a gusto. <laughs> My stomach hurts. This is like, <laughs> do, you see, do you see these books? And like, it's very explicit. So this is, was this the part where you were like, caught off guard? By what? Because there were a few, but like, I guess. <laughs> you gotta be more specific this is i think is the first fully like explicit sex scene we get oh. she masturbates earlier when she's there's a lot of masturbation going on and she masturbates earlier when they're in the cave and he's not there yeah. yeah and then they have their aborted attempt on the cave but i think this is like their first successful like coupling i guess oh. even though they don't go all the way i mean i guess it didn't and, I... and she describes it though <laughs> Yeah, it was explicit. I don't know if it caught me off guard. I think you, like... Like I said, I went into it thinking it was erotica. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I guess, like, the only other times I've read erotica are, um... Uh... When we read, <laughs> um, Addicted. Addicted, which is extremely explicit, but also using a lot of, like, uh... What do you call it? Not allegory, but, like... <laughs> Blunt language? It's blunt, but it's not blunt. I think that's what we talked about with Addicted. Oh, addi- oh yeah. Um, Addicted was funny because it thought it was so risque, and it's actually pretty safe. Right, right. I mean, the nacho dick on the cheese is probably the wildest. The nacho dick on the cheese. The nacho cheese on the dick is probably the wildest. The wildest thing that happens. Um, and then um, I've listened to, I've not read Chuck Tingle, but I listen to the podcast <laughs> where other people read Chuck Tingle works. Um, and that is, that's like next level. Like what the hell is going I think I listened to like two or three of those. So oh, I, I haven't listened like, to those yet. You might, you might actually like that podcast. It's pretty funny. Cause it's like, uh, if you don't know them, it's like pounded in the butt by my own butt. And it's like, <laughs> how does that happen? And it's like, well, the butt. You know, the guy's a scientist, his butt detaches and grows wings and then takes him out to dinner. <laughs> if anyone's, like, not getting patted in the butt by their own butt, it's not going to be as wild as that. So it didn't, I, I think what, what surprised me was when she was talking about, like, the bony plates on his his chest. And I was like, wait, yeah. wait, wait. 
This is They're what aliens, I mean. Molly. Because <laughs> like, I had just been picturing him as like a slightly taller man the whole time, and then I was like, "Well, wait, what does he actually look like?" <laughs> Can I will confess, I admit that a lot. I sometimes just picture like a tall blue dude. Yeah, and I'll forget about the horns and the tail and the plating. Oh, and the fingers. Don't even give me stuff. They have like four fingers. Oh yeah, I didn't hear about that until the very end. <laughs> she's like holding his hand and it's like oh of course he has fewer fingers than me I was like wait a second cause he was fingering you a couple times I could have used this knowledge to know but you know what maybe I didn't need to maybe I didn't need to know that yeah maybe save that for late yeah so I forget about some of that extraneous stuff I usually just focus on the blue also their skin is sort of suede like oh. I forget about that too yeah like downy hmm so sometimes I'll selectively forget that too. Yeah, I get to that. Like a big old, I'm just like imagining like rub it up against like a big old couch or something. <laughs> Try to think if that appeals to me. <laughs> it sure out. On any level. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, so they get right into it and they have like some pretty, it's mostly, I think it's just, they don't fulfill residence yet. Yeah. Or maybe they do. Maybe it's just, no, I don't think so. I think it's just. The oral and then like heavy petting. Yeah. And then he's like, well, we got to head back. They got to head back to the cave. And so they walk out. We're getting to my favorite part. (laughs) And I remember we're working with Polly Pocket. So they're walking, heading back to the cave. And like, um, they, yeah, they still have a fulfilled residence because he's ignoring her and staring at her ass. And then he blames the fact that he's still clouded by residence for why he hasn't been paying attention. And so I think, so they're walking and like they're outside so she's this tiny little bundle Hayden is like we gotta go and like he's more acclimated so he's walking ahead of her she's trying to catch up and she sees a shadow on the ground it's like hilariously ominous and she's calling for him she's like Hayden he's still going he's not looking back so she sees the shadow again and she's like Hayden I think and she is eaten whole by a dino bird dino bird yep a giant just Popped off the ground. And her thoughts are like, like, I just got eaten alive. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> she does describe like this, like as this giant moist stank thing claps around her. Like, yeah. I'm like, that's a description. Like, I feel that. Yeah. And she's like, she, so in the audiobook, she's pretty chill about it. Like, she's definitely concerned. <laughs> she's definitely like, I just got eaten. Okay. <laughs> all right i'm still alive she's like touching her you know self like i'm still here taking stock meanwhile it switches to hayden he's like (laughs) rolling on the ground (laughs) full on drama king about it there is a giant like josie he has lost it he's like no my baby just got eaten by like he's he is in complete distress which i mean if I saw my husband get eaten by a pterodactyl, <laughs> I probably would be stressed out while he was, like, up there trying to, like, figure out, okay, what, what, all right, I got eaten. <laughs> Let me take stock of the situation. But I did, I like this scene, because, like, she's fly, you know, the thing is fly, he's like, no, and he takes, like, you know, his blade or something, and he's, like, feeling his, like, bony chest, and he's, he's like, gonna stab himself he's like, like if, if she's dead i must follow her it's a guy ready like ready to <laughs> romeo and juliet it not even assessing the whole scene he's just like well, that's it for me 
that is the the lesson from Romeo and Juliet, right? Like y'all gotta relax before like, you just wait five minutes. <laughs> get him, get that note from the monk, the priest. Check. Let him pulse. catch you up. Yeah. Um, and then he like sees the bird like staggering, <laughs> and he's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> then it falls, and he's like, "It falls to the earth." It falls to the earth. He's still not quite getting it. He's like, "I don't care." Like Josie's dead. <laughs> Fuck that bird. <laughs> Molly's his dumb theory. He's dumb theory. It's, he's 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 just not that bright. I don't want to be so down on him, but it always takes. He's always a couple steps behind everybody. Else. Yeah, he that, falls, and then like a knife and an arm pops out, and he's like, "What's this?" And he's like, "Josie!" And so like he's slicing. It's really viscerally described as they slice into the belly. Of this giant dino bird. And I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm a squeamish person. I don't need, I don't need all this. See, and here's where it takes another turn that I want to ask you about. Because there's a lot of stuff about babies in this. Uh-huh. And there, there's a lot of stuff between them that seems very, like, infant, not infantilizing toward her, but, like, almost putting her in the position of a baby. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> Oh, when he like, makes the, like, the papoose? Well, yeah. Well, first, it's like, it's almost like she's being born. Like, <laughs> they cut open the belly of this thing, and she pops out all covered in goo. And it's like she's been, like, reborn as this new person who totally loves Hayden now. Oh, the symbol. See, this is what happens when you get an English major on the show. <laughs> and then it's like, I could I could let that go if he didn't, like, then make a baby Bjorn to carry her around <laughs> I will admit I do not like the baby sling scene that at is, all like it especially happening so soon after the scene where like she's having like this symbolic birth he's like now I have to take care of you I'm gonna carry you around in this solely wrap and just like you're gonna be like I and, and she calls it a baby wrap. And it's like, well, yeah. this took another turn. <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. So yeah, like she, he pulls her out, he washes her up and they still got to head back. So he puts her in a giant papoose because she's just so tiny. She's just a delectable looking snack. Yeah. Like, so they've got to make her look bigger. And while they're wearing the papoose, they stop. So at some point in between, after her rescue from the giant bird, and honestly, the sex is lost because someone just got eaten by a giant bird. Right. And I can't even focus on that. Between the giant bird and then when they leave the next day, they have they fulfill residence and they have like full on penetrative sex. And then on the walk back to the cave, these two keep getting so horny for each other that right? they stop and have sex. Sometimes while she's in the sling, I was not a fan of this. Part. I did not like while it. She's in the sling. And <laughs> it was like we figured it out, and it's kind of like I, it's just. If you hadn't described it that way to begin with, I could have got it on board with it. <laughs> and you know, my husband just walked into the room, so I'm, this I is... apologize to you that I'm going to get a little blue uh, right now. Um, but yes. To me or him? Because I everyone, mean, I've been blue. Everyone. Okay. Everyone. Myself. My cat. <laughs> you know, everyone. But, you know, just so you know, we're reading... Um, this is Danielle's spinoff podcast about um, uh, ice planet aliens who fuck. So <laughs> That's the new title. It might get a little bit weird, this conversation. <laughs> he's just not, he's giving a thumbs up. All right. I just it's, wanted to give you that warning. It's been weird. So she's in the baby sling. And I hate it. 
I, I hate, hate it. it. I hate it. Every two seconds, they're like, stop it a fuck. <laughs> it's like, don't you have somewhere to be? Like, aren't there ladies trapped in the tubes? <laughs> but they don't care. They're like, they've been in that tube for who knows how long. They can stay in the I tube will, a little longer. I will say this. It is implied that when you fulfill residence, like, you got to keep going until that baby is made. I see. So, so they've given in and the coolie's like, okay, fucking finally, I can get this job done. So it's probably it's like pushing I, it, pushing it. I spent fucking two years, I don't know how long they've been here, pushing out my IUD. Yeah. <laughs> and y'all can't even get it together. Yeah. So this coolie's like, you gotta go, you gotta go. Because so residents will go until that baby exists. Okay. So they keep going and like, they just keep having a lot of sex. She teaches him how to French kiss. He keeps making jokes how he's going to French kiss all over her body. Including keeps her saying cunt. teats. He was like, so, I'd like to French kiss your teats. And it's like, I don't I like don't... the teats either. Like, this is I mean, I get it. <laughs> I get it. She's setting up, like, she does such a good job at setting up, like, they're really culturally different. Yeah. But, like, sometimes true. it's like, you know, I'm just going to skip that part. <laughs> it's like, they, they are aliens. Oh, have we talked about third nipple? <laughs> Oh, oh, when he was like the <laughs> hidden third nipple, that took me out. That I was like, ooh. Mm. I don't, I don't I like it because nipples, nipples, especially the planet that's this biological where the only feeding we're doing is through like nipples and boobs. Don't call a woman's, I don't know how I feel about calling a woman's clit another nipple. Like, I don't, I don't know. It was, I don't, it was symbolism. I could understand how an alien would think that. But me being on this ice planet <laughs> Earth, you know, where things are a certain way that I've come to expect and, you know, I just, it, it took me out of it a little bit when he was like the, so, the mythical third nipple. I was like, what is, oh. Yeah. So that's also a very device, not very, that's also a, de- a divisive, it tends to evoke most people laughing. And I you know what, I think at some point. She knows that. Like, you are not supposed to take this Probably. seriously. <laughs> Probably. I mean, I mean, it's Ice Planet Barbie. <laughs> so, so, like, that's almost a solid 20% of, like, the final part is just them walking and, like, just, heading back to the cave and having sex. And having sex in this bajord, yeah. you keep calling it that which makes it even funnier and it's actually they have actually at one point stopped to have sex when some of the other hunters like I guess on their rounds come across them it's Hannah and Josie it's like not right now stay back come back later he's like give me 10 more minutes Like, get away. And so they like wave away. I'm trying to see which one specifically it is. Oh, it's Saluk. And maybe that's it. Maybe it's just him. Yeah. The guy from the previous book. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's like, not right now. They come back with the group. And that's sort of where their story ends. Because the book ends, Hayden joins this other group to go and rescue the women. And like, so Josie's alone by herself. Yeah. She makes, she's she jokes with the other women. Yeah, she does a lot of babysitting. She knows she's and, pregnant. She's just sitting around like, well, I'm pregnant. <laughs> it's so funny because you have these women who get like pregnant like the next day and they're talking about it. Like they're like, yep, got to eat for baby now. It's like, it's been an hour. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've never been in that situation. I just think I've, it's I've funny. I've never been impregnated by an ice planet barbarian. So <laughs> you know, it could be different. 
So and then they, they go. Said that they're pregnant for like eighteen months or something crazy. Well, the native like the native aliens are pregnant for like three years, Ooh. and they're not sure. They think the humans might be accelerated. So yeah, it's like a year and a half. Yeah. So I I am currently a pregnant. And, a pregnant. Um, <laughs> he's kicking. He don't like that. Put some respect on his name. <laughs> um, but uh, I read this thing, and if we want to get like sci-fi nerdy for a second, that so basically, like human children, the first three months of their lives, it's kind of considered the fourth trimester. Yes, I've heard that too. Yeah, so it's like essentially they have to stay like very close. Like current thought is they have to stay very close to you. It's almost like still being pregnant because they, they're still so reliant on their mother and their father, but, you know, to, like, nourish them and to keep them warm and do all these things. And so this guy, like, posited, he was like, well, really, uh, humans should, the gestation period should be another three months, but um, because, like, humans have such big, complex brains, their heads are so big when they come out that basically human female bodies could would be destroyed if it wouldn't be safe if you continue to gestate them for the period that they needed to be on par with other animals, you know, at that at at the time of birth. Um so I was like reading that, I was thinking of like carrying like like this huge giant baby for an extra like half a year and I was like, that must be rough. Yeah, well, because you read in these books that these girls are pregnant for like ever, and it's just yeah. a whole bunch of pregnant women running around. So and it's like I got carpal tunnel right now, heartburn. <laughs> like I said, he kicked me in my ribs. I thought they were broken. I was just like, <laughs> the disrespect. Ice planet pregnancy must be ice planet rough. Cause it's it's really so. So yeah, so they go back. So she's pregnant. Hayden goes back on this crew with the other hunters to rescue these other girls. The hunters are thirsty AF. AF right? That was kind of ominous because they're like looking at <laughs> Hayden. Hayden is very anti-sexual violence. Like when he hears what happens to Josie, he's pissed. He's which, punching a wall. He's punching a wall. He's screaming again. Like <laughs> He's like extremely offended by the thought that she would think that he would do anything to hurt her. Well, they all are, to be fair. Well, not the ones who seem to be looking (laughs) at these two women. They're like licking their little blue lips. And Hayden's like, "Mm, you better keep an eye out for that. I was like, (laughs) what do you mean keep an eye out? Like, once they resonate, he don't care about nothing. He's like, well, that seems like it could be trouble. (laughs) Well, he got his... Because the thing is, they will tr- forcing resonance is not the same thing as trying to force. So I guess it is. So like they want to get them because they want to see if they can make the woman resonate to them, which is not viewed as bad as like forcing a woman to like have sex. Well, with yeah, because Josie's shaking yeah. her tits at everybody. But it just, <laughs> I don't know. I and I didn't read any other other ones, so I don't know if that's like an omit, like a dark cloud coming. But well, <laughs> one of them kidnaps the women. See, that's what and I thought. Something, something yeah. off was going to happen. But he doesn't resonate to her. She doesn't resonate to him. She resonates to another one. And so she escapes. Uh, and it's kind of funny. And then it's so funny because he ends up getting exiled for his behavior. Yeah, and that. he's like, you know, it wasn't even worth it. She, all she did was cry. And, <laughs> and I hated her. So, so it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they get a little thirsty. Some rash decisions are made. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and I'm then in the saying, end, why you gotta fuck up 
you know, sex planet. It seems like everyone's <laughs> having a good time. <laughs> Why you gotta with, be with that their guy? Sensual relations, yeah. So, well, because it kind of comes this weird thing where, like, not a weird thing, but it happens a couple times where either the character, like, they resonate and they just hide away, or the character wants to resonate, so they take them and hide away. The latter doesn't work out as well as the former. Because <laughs> it's so funny, because he's like, in his book, it's just so hilarious, because he's like, I should have done it. She was such a crybaby. I hated her so much. All she did. <laughs> but it's like, imagine, okay, you've been in a tube. For two years. For two years. You wake up, there's all these giant blue dudes. Everybody else has gone, like, you know, the way of the Romans. They're just fucking up and having a good time. You're still trying to wrap your head around it, and then you get kidnapped. And I forgot to tell you another feature that I always forget about. The cooey makes your eyes blow glue. Okay. Glow blue. I, I kind of picked up on that because, like, he sees, like, one of them has green eyes, and Hayden is, like, fucking disgusted. He's like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're dead eyes you're just like these new women ate it where's Josie or Josie as he keeps saying Josie yeah so yeah so I always so like imagine you wake up and like yeah there's giant blue demons the women also have eyes that glow with the dark right yeah everybody's yeah. fucking I can't I cannot <laughs> like if I got abducted by aliens I was in a tube I get out the first thing I'm thinking is not about sex it's not, yeah, it's not about your rape, but that's what the men are thinking about. That's what literally every other person on this ice planet is thinking about. <laughs> They're like, it now's gonna, my chance to get a family. Yeah. Right? It's going to take me a second to catch up. I'll and get that, there. I'll get there. Because this planet sounds awesome. <laughs> but it's going to take me a second. Yeah, because that first book, it's so funny. Like, the men are, like, so jazzed. Because at first... Vectal, who's the chief, he finds one and he doesn't realize there's like a whole ship of them. Uh-huh. And she keeps trying to tell him, like, no, we got to go save my friends. And then he finally catches on. And he's like, oh shit. And he tells the other hunters and they are like, they're like, yeah, all about it. So they put together this group to go save them. And like the women are described, like, they keep looking at us yeah. with like this, with this longing that makes us very uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, so, you know, I, I get it from both sides. If you're just sitting there, Every single day, you're waking up on this ice planet, looking at Hayden in the back. <laughs> Everyone's just fucking around you. You hear it at night. It's gotta be hard. Gotta yeah. Be hard. No one's getting any sleep. So yeah. So then he comes back. He's like, they save the others. They Or no, they save the women. And actually, this happens in the book. The one, they come back with only one of the women they went to go save. And she is very loudly like, yo, what the fuck? Where's my sister? Yeah. Josie, uh, Hayden literally could not be bothered to He's care. like, who? Who knows? <laughs> Who cares? Not me. I resonated. <laughs> he grabs Josie and they go in the cave to have sex. Yeah. And like, that's our, that's the end of the book. Yeah. They are like, can I tell you later in the book? They are like, they are like the, the extra of all these relationships. I think by the furthest of the book, they have three kids. Some of these people only have like one child. I can see that. Cause Josie's sitting there pregnant and she's like, I could have eight, eight of these. She's on her way. <laughs> she's on her way i think the furthest book she has three kids and then she gets pregnant with another one so they are non stop i can see it and you know she's talking about hayden's cock and she's like it's so big oh my god (laughs) and he's like you know immediately good at sex like immediately good at getting people pregnant like once they were ready to go they were like they were ready to go set it and forget it 
Like they were gone. Yeah. So, so that's that's the end of that. So they, she gets her happy later after she. There's a minor conflict where he doesn't say he loves her. Oh yeah. But he's like, well, my actions. Like I would think by my actions, I'm showing you I love you. And then in the end, he does tell her he like he's she, she like I think the last line is he says he loves her yeah, or something. Yeah, and she's like, you know, she finally is like, oh, I'm with someone who who actually loves me. Yeah, and so she has a happy ending. And so that's the end of this wild, this wild tale. Ride. I I ask everyone, so I don't think I've asked you yet. You're on the ice planet. What is your role in the tribe? Like, how do you contribute? How do I contribute? Do I have options? Like, I guess, like, so one woman, she's just a hairdresser. So she just like, she's like, yeah, I just braid everyone's hair. So using your skills now, I mean, like you, like looking at your skills. Yes. Yes. You, Molly, you are on this planet. Sometimes I think, you know what? There's nothing to read or do. Maybe I would write something. I don't know. Some entertainment. Cause like, maybe that, yeah, maybe that would stop everyone from gossiping about everyone. That's why everyone's in everybody's business. There's nothing else to do. I would have to say. I would probably, I mean, I know I would just start bossing people around. I would. None of those characters. I would like. A leadership role? I would say, okay, this is going to sound bad, but like some kind of like madam matchmaker. Because like they have to get this fucking in control. It's like for anyone (laughs) who's like not matched up yet, we got to stop the kidnapping. For anyone who, like, doesn't really want, you know, they're not 100% sure about residents, I'd be like, come to me. Like, this is iSex Planet. Like, if you don't, if your ultimate goal is not to have babies and stuff, you shouldn't have to miss out on all this great-ass dick. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to figure something out for you. So they do sort of do that, but you want to formalize that I role. want to formalize that role. I want to make sure if you're thinking I'm going to kidnap somebody, you come talk to me first <laughs> and we figure out an alternative <laughs> for that. I generally think most people who are planning to kidnap someone are... <laughs> let's, let's keep not, it from getting to that level. Not in the frame of mind where they're like, you know what? We should talk about... Because... Okay, spoiler alert. Well, no, his is kind of worse. The kidnapping, he gets exiled. It happens a couple times. Rahash kidnapped his mate. He gets exiled too, but then she goes on exile with him. So that's how See, it resolves that. I feel like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah, I get it. You're sitting around. You're in the hot tub. Even fucking Hayden has gotten somebody. <laughs> before before you're even think before kidnapping is even like crosses the width of your mind come to me you know let's Let's talk this out not even talk it out let's figure out a way to get you some sex before you start kidnapping being crazy hey but to be fair uh, yeah if i may present the other side the people they want to have sex with literally just woke up just discovered aliens are a thing and now they're being approached by seven foot blue things you want to like you gotta you gotta have some kind of process it's like, hey, girl. Because they're going to be waiting here. for a while. You're going to be waiting for a second. You know, let's get this goo off of you. Yes, the food sounds nasty. Let's get you acclimated. You Only have... raw meat. Oh. Only raw meat. And like the few berries they have are used for soap. Mm. You can't even eat the shit growing on the trees. Let's let's relocate to get some fish, some part of the year. Oh, yeah, that, that, our nice beach. 
on a nice beach. And then let's go through your options, girl. What do you want to do? Here's one. Here's another one. Here's another dude. What do you want to do, girl? You don't want any of them? That's fine. You just want to. You just want to be a big old freak. I. I get it. I get it. You want a planet full of freaks, girl? Why tie yourself down? Let's have. Let's talk about your options. Your voice is so soothing and calming right now. <laughs> That's that what like... I'm saying. I would be good at it. So just matchmaker. Sex planet therapist is really Sex what you are. Sex planet therapist. That's what I want to. That's what I would do. Just someone needs to look after the mental health. Right. Of these girls and these aliens. Because I want everyone to be having a good, sexy ass time on this planet. And nobody getting kidnapped. You know, no one getting blisters because they're masturbating so much. <laughs> blisters. Like I could have helped Hayden and Josie. So I thought about that. I was like, okay, so you've resonated to each other. Now what? <laughs> I will say they do have that role in the later books, but you're right. The earlier books need it probably more. I mean, they were still figuring things out. I blame them for that. They're all excited. I would be too. Women, yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was book six of Ice Planet Barbarians by Ruby Dixon. The one where a woman gets eaten whole by a dinosaur and has sex in a baby sling. Just a lot. <laughs> Thank you for sharing this with me, for taking me on this journey with you. And when I tell you, it's an entire series of this. My other favorite moment is when one of the aliens gifts a woman a bone dildo that he carved oh. based on his own. And it is the funniest thing I've ever. <laughs> that sentence had so many twisted turns. <laughs> so, yes. And he's very proud of it. I would be, too. And it's hilarious. So, yeah, it's just a whole universe of this. And then a spinoff series that I may or may not cover. A spinoff? What is the spinoff? The spinoff is called Ice Home. So, you know the book cover I tweeted where um it's the black girl with the red li- the red dude? Yes. Nadine? Mm-hmm. That's the spinoff. So, that takes place in the same universe on the same planet. On the, on the same planet? Yes. But they don't know that each other are there? They do. So basically, in like the last book of the Ice Planet Barbarian series, they discover, I don't know where all these ships are popping up, but they discover another ship. Not only do they discover another ship with like 12 women and four alien dudes, they discover that there's like tribes of more alien people living on another part of the, on the planet. Oh, and they just come over and say hi? (laughs) Apparently at no point. I don't talk to my neighbors either. I mean, I get that too. So they were living on the interior of the island. There's a big volcano that happens. It sort of wiped them out. They come out and live on the beach and they sort of form this new tribe because it's kind of hilarious. The blue aliens are not really eager to invite all these unmated people into their tribe. Would you be? I mean, (laughs) like one guy, his job, he's the chief, his job, like, Look out. Come on. Look out for your fellow. You were so inviting when it was you and your single bros. Now y'all are all partnered up and you're like, well, again, think about this. Would you be? No. You're living in ice planet paradise. (laughs) So they agree to open them up and they start another tribe and it's called Ice Home. And that's where all those people live. I see. And it's even more wild. Like, there's a tribe of men. The covers of these, they're more wild. Yeah, there's a tribe of men with four arms. Oh. 
There's the blue one. Uh-huh. Or the red ones. I mean, the red twins. There's a dragon. It's, uh-huh. this, it's just... This is whole... where, she, in isolated Barbarian, she was um, uh, restraining herself. She's I... like, you know what? I'm going to get a little freaky. I honestly think so. I think maybe she must have heard some constructive criticism about Ice Planet Barbarian. She's like, you know what? Yeah, I shouldn't. We'll do less. Make the consent clearer. We'll do less focus on like the sex trafficking. We'll make it more diverse. And we're just going to go. She's just going to go nuts. And she did. She's like, so I hear you saying you like the sex. (laughs) (laughs) She went there. Yeah. So that's the one with the black girl you called Miss Wet and Wavy. And she must have been listening to people because let me tell you, the lotion is a plot point in that book. I mean, it's gotta be cold there, right? Yeah, Ashy like, in the winter. That's what she said. She's like, I'm not going out with ashy legs. I was like, who has been talking to Ruby Dixon? Who sensitivity read this for her? <laughs> who now is she talking to? Ask you something before we totally wrap up. Um, so her, this is a pen name, right? Yes. Do you have any like inklings on who this could be? I don't. I know um, there are some rumors who people think it is. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm just wondering, like, what this is going to look like when it comes out. <laughs> I think like people, the... I think it's going to be more popular than you anticipate, Danielle. That's what I'm trying to <laughs> Am say. Am I ready? Am I ready? <laughs> are, you, okay. are you ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> I, was think, I was thinking, like, every time I think about this podcast, that song from Hamilton, What is a Legacy box <laughs> in my head? And I'm like, this is, this is it. This might this be is, your legacy. This is the fantasy dildos. Th- this, I mean, I did, I think I told you, I used the terms check off dildo, check off dildo in another episode. Cause it came up. It was that one with the bone dildo. I mean, you know, if you introduce a bone dildo <laughs> carved in your own image in act one, it must be used by act five. That's exactly what I said. It's got to be. That's not something you can just casually bring up and then toss to the side. He put work into that. He was looking down at himself. He's like, there's vein there. Got to get my little thumb appendage. If you knew how accurate you are to the seed in the book, if you knew, because he does describe. He's like, yeah, all the other men thought I was crazy to sit there staring at my own dick. He's like, but I knew. I knew it would be. I mean, you have to be extremely proud of your genitalia. <laughs> Very proud. To like, carve you it to <laughs> you know, more power to I'm, them. It's, it's, yeah. So thank you, Molly, for going on thank this you, journey Daniel. with me. I feel like it was asking a lot of you, but you were up to the task. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> because this is not... A typical Molly Reed, I just feel like. I don't know. That's, yeah, I mean, you've introduced me to a lot of uh, different types of romance, really opened my eyes. I can't say that I really read any before you took me on this journey, and I feel like this <laughs> is the natural progression of it. I can't, like I said, um, Black Chicklet, we do a lot of different genres, mm-hmm. and I absolutely plan to get you back with Urban Lit. <laughs> That's that's what I pay. That's what I pay the piper. This is the price you pay. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I enjoyed it. Like I, I, I kind of knew. Like I wasn't expecting to come in and be like, like, oh, this is terrible or anything. So I can't say that. You know, I knew that it was like very sex positive. I knew that it was talking about issues of consent and all this kind of stuff. So I don't think any of that surprised me. If I had picked this up just out of the blue and read it, I think I would have been like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> 
But I think that you 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 pried me to what was important. I don't think you could have prepared me for, you know, the baby bajord and three fingers <laughs> and the IUD falling out. So, and some things should just be a surprise. Some things you just need to encounter on your own. Just like your IUD falling out. Exactly. That's the start of this book. Uh, so where can the people find you, Molly, on the Twitter or not on the Twitter, but on the in general, I guess. Like yeah. not in real life, because that's creepy. But yes, <laughs> please don't come knocking on my door to discuss a review in real life. But <laughs> uh, you can find me and Danielle. Um, our podcast is called Black Chick Lit. Um you can find us, we're mostly active on Twitter, at Black Chick Lit. Um, we're just constantly on there talking nonsense. Um, you can find us on, you know, wherever you find podcasts, um, Black Chick Lit. Um, and we also have uh, Instagram, BCL Podcast. BCL Pod? Is that what it is? Cast. BCL Podcast. BCL Podcast. Um, we have a website, blackchicklit.com, but pretty much if you check if you click, if you go onto the internet, if you open up, you know, Netscape or whatever you're using and typing in Black Chicklet and scream at it, you're going to find us. We'll say exactly. hi back. Um, so, yeah, this was, this was fun. <laughs> Just different. I'm still it's... like, you know, you had two pages of outline, but I feel like there's so much here. <laughs> yes. And like my notes, I'm like, well, we can't. We can't get into all of it. I don't want to overwhelm people. Something you just got to read it for yourself. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Have you found any like anything surprising on this journey? Um. Yes. Yeah. There's not <laughs> even a question when I stay on this. Like, if I had to, I you you know, maybe my other job would be chef, and I would just teach them how to grill meat because that's what I do now. I take baths. I grill. Like drink some tea. I, drink some tea. You're saying I don't have to work. And this dude is gonna like put my shoes on for me. Yeah, yeah. There's no question. Would I? <laughs> would I be happy on this ice planet? <laughs> You're like I'm already there. I'm already yeah. there in my in my dreams. So cool. Because that's also been some people are yay, some people are nay. So yeah. that's just interesting. That's yeah. fair to each their own. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you, dear listener, for listening. This is going to be... This is one of our longer episodes. Um, we just start chatting. We... It's... I think it's just us. It's just what happens. It's just us. Yeah. Yes. I love it. I cannot wait to hear these. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so glad because I'm like, is this too nerdy? Am I just entertaining myself? Am I like... You know what I mean? Like sometimes like, yeah, you get niche, you being like a general you. Like sometimes, you know, you as a person can get involved in something, but that doesn't mean other mm-hmm. people are interested. I think people are going to be into this, Danielle. <laughs> so, yes. So, awesome. We did it. And Molly is free from this whole series. Yay. Yay. I'm sorry, you cut out. So, I just, I, you cut back in saying yay. So, I just said yay, too. I said you're free from this whole series. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to read anymore. <laughs> I'm definitely going to listen. And then awesome. I'll decide. So, I said, I might check out this ice home. It looks spicy. <laughs> I, the ice home, it's bonkers, like I'm telling you. Four, <laughs> four armed men, dragons, clones, no clones. snow. You don't have to read about all that damn snow. <laughs> Is that what caught you, was clones? <laughs> I just, so, it's so much. So, 
But yes, thank you for listening. Thank you for taking part. Thank you, listener, for listening. And tune into the next episode. Yay. Bye. Bye.